Quinnebog Valley Community College as they begin spring classes on January the 22nd. To talk about that and more, I am joined by Joe Cullen, Dean of Academics and Student Services, and our old pal, Elkin Espedia Loeza, Professor of Spanish. He's the ESL and ESL Program Coordinator at QVCC. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for joining me for today. And, uh, well, Joe, just start things off and tell us about registration for these spring classes. So, good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Willimantic community. We're very happy to be here. The spring classes, as Wayne uh, has already uh, mentioned, begin on January 22nd. Uh, the college is offering a very robust schedule. Uh, folks that are interested in um, pursuing uh, uh, courses, certificates, degrees, and even our transfer pathways, which are coordinated with the uh, state colleges for four-year degrees, they can take courses in accounting, business, communication, criminal justice, early childhood education, engineering, the humanities, that includes art, music, English, history, philosophy, theater, and foreign language. They can take courses in graphic design, the health sciences. We have a pre-nursing, medical assistant, and medical lab technician program that are excellent. Uh, They can take courses in horticulture, mathematics, manufacturing, and, of course, we have the only program in the state in cannabis studies. Is that new? How long have you been having that one? Excuse me? How long have you had cannabis studies as a course option? It has been in uh, the college's portfolio, I'm going to say, three years. Elkin, you precede me? No, I think a little less than that. A little less? Okay. It's, it's brand new. It's brand new. It's, it's, uh, brand new. Within, it's within a year. Do the students actually just study it, or is there actually a, a lab portion where they use it and try it? That's an excellent Good. question, Good question. Um, it it uh, includes a course in business and entrepreneurship that looks at the cannabis industry. There's a course on uh, the legality of cannabis um, in, in the modern economy. There's a course in horticulture of cannabis, but it doesn't raise cannabis that's actually uh, cannabis that you smoke. It raises hemp, but it's pretty similar product. And then there's uh, students have an option of taking a course in wellness that as you know, cannabis is a, a big part of the health and wellness industry and uh, used for uh, medical purposes, pain relief, and so forth. So uh, those are all components of the program. Joe, I didn't plan on talking about this because I didn't know you were going to talk about this, but yeah, you got my attention on this. How unusual is that for a college or a community college to have a course in, in cannabis studies? Obviously, it's new for QVCC, but I'm just wondering, does every college offer this, or are you kind of unique in that regard? We're very unique. We're the only program in the state. We're one of the few in the country at the community college level. There are colleges that are exploring coursework, and uh, most of them have that coursework in a uh, business environment where students are studying it as a um, <clears throat> as a business. But we've taken a broader view, and um, we feel as though this is an area that you know uh, should be represented in higher education. It's a that's growing in our economy and, and people's awareness. So um, the the program was created, as I think Elton cited, I'm going to say two years ago. It precedes me. I've only been at QE uh, less than a year now. Um, and it was uh, it's been very well received. 
All right, Joe, I'll leave that topic and go to the broader picture. You read off an impressive list of course options at Quinnebog Valley Community College. Of the classes you offer, and it might be one you just mentioned, which one or ones are the most popular? Which classes do the most students enroll in at QVCC? Well, uh, I'm going to say that's probably uh, a split between the general education courses that students need for all degrees, and that would be your English, your social science courses, your basic humanities courses. These are uh, gateway courses that students take usually their first or second year in uh, in college. So um, uh, I would I would have to put also mathematics with that. Uh, and I wouldn't say these courses are taken necessarily because they're popular. They're more uh, because they are necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, we happen to have wonderful faculty uh, in all these areas. Our finest faculty teaching these courses. We've done a lot of work to make these courses interactive and engaging in an online environment because, as you know, um, in the current uh, conditions that we are operating in, um, most of our courses are offered in either a fully online or partially online setting. Um, so uh, it, it, uh, those will probably be the, the courses that fill up the quickest, uh, although there's plenty of seats available. Um, and then I would probably say the, the programs that are probably more robust that are our degree programs right now uh, probably would include early childhood education and uh, manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing is really a, more of a certificate than a degree program, but uh, many students go into it um, and uh, it uh, results in a, a credential that will get them a job, and usually a fairly good paying job. So students are drawn to that program as well. And speaking of faculty and necessary, here's a guy that's both, Elkin Espedi Loeza, the ESL program coordinator. I'm intrigued by the fact, Elkin, it's not just a class, it's a program at QVCC. Tell me more about your ESL, English as a Second Language, program. Right. So, uh, and, and to uh, add to what uh, Joe was saying just before, I think medical courses, courses that deal with uh, medical degrees are also very popular. They're, Absolutely. They're, yeah. The ones that Sorry, you were mentioning. Well, no, no, that's all right. So what the, this is great uh, uh, segue because the ESL program is always being called a program as long as you have a sequence of courses. However, now we also, along just before, just before the cannabis studies certificate was approved, the ESL certificate was approved, which I, I, I uh, presented to the Board of Regents uh, about a year ago. And, and what that does is that actually for people who are English language learners, those people who are learning English uh, it, uh, because they don't speak English uh, not uh, as a first language, they, they can take the certificate that actually takes them through those gateway courses that Joe was mentioning regarding uh, math and English, which are required for most degrees. So that, that's one of the things that I, I have that is uh, a year old, uh, exactly this year in January. And, and what it does is it, it bundles up all the ESL classes that we teach, which are grammar, uh, uh, oral communications, which a lot, some people think that that means speaking a lot. No, it's more building vocabulary. And uh, reading and writing, which are required uh, for reading and writing are very important for the people that need to 
take the English composition course, which is the gateway uh, English course, into any any degree. So by bundling all of these all of these uh, courses that I've been teaching uh, for 50 years, and other people before me have been teaching for 25 years or so, uh, then the, a student can get a certificate that can help them move into a, 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 a degree, a, a job paying degree. But also I use this uh, certificate to tell students that they can take this to a job and say, listen, I am proficient in English and I want to apply for this promotion. There are a lot of students who are told that because their writing skills are poor or their uh, listening speeds are poor, that they cannot uh, be promoted or they, they won't be promoted, that that's an obstacle, that English is required. And so I had had several students that have gotten uh, promotions just because they've been in my program and finished the certificate. So uh, grammar, reading, writing, and oral communications is what we offer. I'm hoping to offer a course during the summer. I don't know if it's going to be one month or two months on actual pronunciation, so helping people with their accents, which I need some help. Uh, and, uh, and that uh, is going to be my first summer course that I'm going to offer in ESL. So that, that's what the program is. The program is based in Wallemantic, and uh, currently we are doing it in a hybrid model. And the hybrid model means that uh, I meet with the students in the classroom uh, right across from you on uh, 429 Main Street uh, one day or half of the, co the class, and the other half we do it online uh, because of the... Uh, Despite COVID, uh, I think Joe is going to have a different start. Uh, he should talk about that, I think. But uh, the deal is that I see the students, you know, with social distancing and, and all the protocols and masks and all that stuff uh, for, uh, for one session, and then the other session we do it online. Joe, we were just talking a moment ago about the status of classes for the spring semester. Classes begin on January 27th. What's the impact of the pandemic on how classes are held at QVCC this coming semester? So, as you can imagine, uh, much of our um, academic schedule has been shifted to either fully or partially online format. Um, that has been forced upon us by the conditions and the policies of the Board of Regents of uh, the Community College system. Um, right now, uh, we offer very few traditional classes. There are some. Um, in any any in, in any traditional class or hybrid class that meets at all on ground has the on, any on ground component. Uh, we've been asked to delay the first on ground class until February fifth at the earliest. So even our traditional and hybrid classes will probably start with an initial online class or uh, or what we call a class in um, in an LRON format. LRON means live remote online. And an LRON class is one in which the class meets at a, at a usual time, a, a, a scheduled time, but it meets in a virtual classroom online rather than a physical classroom on campus. Um, and the interaction occurs via a, a video conferencing uh, platform, and the students can ask questions, the faculty member lectures and shows different media, and there's interaction. Um, most students find that it's not, you know, 100% as satisfying as being in a fully on, uh, fully on ground class. 
but it is nearly so. And so uh, we've had very encouraging responses from students to the all-on format. There's also fully online courses uh, that are set up, all of the coursework and the medium is set up in a course shell. Students log into that, and they complete the work independently at their own schedule. What if I don't want to take online courses? Well, uh, many students have expressed that, and what we tell them is that we are apart today so that we can be together tomorrow, and we uh, provide them with a, a great deal of support in exploring online learning. Uh, we have a laptop lending program. We have a hotspot lending program. For those who are not familiar with that, that's a device that allows you to access uh, the Internet via a cell phone um, signal, a cell tower. Uh, we lend those to students. We have uh, quite a supply of them, and any student pretty much that wants one can get one uh, if they don't have one of their own. And we also offer workshops and coaching to assist students in accessing and functioning in the online environment. We've been very encouraged, as I said before, um, by student response to this. Uh, most of our students find that they can manage an online environment, um, and uh, many students report that one day they hope to come back to on-ground classes, and we hope that that will happen as soon as possible as well. But in the interim, many find that they function uh, in, an, in an online environment quite well, and um, it does not impede their learning. They're able to function there. Elkin Espedia Loesia, the ESL program coordinator. Elkin, what are some of the challenges that you have teaching English as a second language from a virtual standpoint and not face-to-face? -face? So absolutely, that is a question. And I wanted to add to Joe before we, we get into the ESL uh, environment that uh, science courses, for example, that are being taught in this uh, virtual uh, world, what they do is they, the students uh, get at home a kit with uh, home-run uh, labs. And so for those, those people who say, well, how are you going to do classes where you have to do laboratories and stuff, uh, the, the students uh, get a, a box full of uh, labs for each of the topics that are covered that can be done at home with, uh, with uh, you know, household items. So that's one way that we mitigate that. It's not perfect, but it's better than, than none. Uh, so ESL, so that's why ESL, I wanted it to have it as a hybrid class because it is very hard to teach uh, people how to uh, write and, and speak and, and comprehend uh, uh, virtually if they have trouble, especially the students who, have, who are beginners, uh, if they have trouble understanding directions, how to log into computers, how to log into the virtual class, how to share the screen and all that stuff. So uh, that, that, that can be a little bit of a challenge. And so that's why I started my, my ESL classes hybrid, in a hybrid model. Uh, however, because of the conditions right now, we're going to have to start uh, online for a couple of weeks and then hopefully be able to go back to the model that I had, which is one day in the classroom so that I can demonstrate how to do all this uh, technology uh, uh, bound uh, teaching and learning, and, and then the other time uh, is on the computer. And so my students have actually listened to the occasion, and they have done pretty well. Last semester, they did pretty well. Uh, logging in at uh, 5 p.m., and uh, we all were in class, and they were listening, and we were doing activities. One of the things that you can do with online learning is that you can 
break up the class into into groups to do uh, exercises, and then you can call them back, and you can have people take turns uh, answering the questions. So it, it, it is not ideal. I don't necessarily like it either, but it's what we got right now, and we're hoping to go back to uh, to uh, in, in class uh, sooner rather than later. And Joe Cullen, just to clarify and or repeat, what courses are or will be offered in person? Well, the majority of the courses that we're offering in person are, are courses that um, uh, have on-ground components that cannot be done in an online environment. For example, in our medical lab technician and medical assisting programs, students have to learn to do things like give uh, take uh, blood samples and uh, to check blood pressure. You can obviously teach a student to do that in an online environment. In our manufacturing program, students have to work with machinery. Obviously, that isn't done in an online environment. Um, and, you know, even in some of our basic academic areas, we will offer a section or two in an on-ground or hybrid uh, setting because uh, we want to do whatever we, whatever we can to... Uh, meet our students' needs, and um, I believe one of our math courses this this term is offered on ground, but it is taught in a large auditorium with social distancing and math right. and so forth. Right. So uh, there are limited courses offered in environments other than um, fully online or LRON formats, but um, until uh, we are out of the woods with the pandemic, uh, we will not be able to offer the robust schedule of on-ground courses that we're accustomed to offering. And I think that's probably the case at every college in the state. Yeah. All right. Classes begin January 27th. Where do I sign up? How do I sign up, Joe? Hey. Well, there's two two things I would tell listeners. One, the best thing they can do is go to qvcc.edu. That's qvcc.edu. Uh, there they can make an appointment um, online with a, a virtual g- g- appointment online with uh, admissions and or advising. Uh, they can attend a virtual um, information session if they're interested in computer science, computer networking, or cybersecurity. There's one tomorrow at 530. There's another one uh, for those interested in health careers on uh, Wednesday, uh, at, again at 530. And then there's a general information session next Tuesday. Uh, the 20th at 5.30 for all those folks that um, want to come in at the last minute. Is there a way to speak to somebody like a human by telephone? There sure is. We've got uh, a couple of lines. Um, Academic Advising and Admissions, you can reach them at 860-932-4020. Financial Aid, uh, they can reach at 860 Nine three two four zero zero three. These numbers are also posted on our website. And if they are Spanish speaking and would like to speak to someone um, who is fluent in Spanish, they may do so at eight six zero two three zero six one two nine. All the bases are covered. Guys, I got a little fan mail for you this morning from Fred. He says, I speak for many, both citizens as well as teachers. When I say thank you very much to the dean and others who were instrumental in bringing the QVCC campus back down on Main Street. This is huge for the town and the economy and the students who will walk to college. Joe, just say a few words about the return to Main Street for Quinnebog Valley Community College. Well, first of all, we're thrilled to be there. 
um, and uh, we've been able to resume our operations there. Um, we hope to expand the Willimantic Center and add coursework in entire degree programs as demand will allow it. Uh, but we need students uh, to come and to re-engage and recreate the community there. Um, Elkin works there on a regular basis. Elkin, by the way, is a Renaissance man. Not only does he teach Spanish, he also teaches biology. And uh, he can probably comment more about uh, what students will find when they come to the Willowbanic Center. So what you're going to find is you're going to find a very welcoming uh, uh, group of people working there. One of them is the uh, evening coordinator and uh, outreach uh, person, Maria Garcia uh, uh, Alvarez, uh, who is the, is the first person that you should talk to if you're interested in taking classes. Uh, at that number, 860-230-6129. She can deal with uh, anybody who is an uh, English or Spanish speaker. Um, uh, that's the only two languages she speaks. Uh, and uh, she can walk people through the process of applying, uh, scheduling a placement test, and then talking to an advisor or herself to choose classes. When we're there, we are a very good, friendly group of people. And, uh, again, uh, just make an appointment and come down. And, Joe, how do you pay for the classes, and do you have to pay when you register? No, you do not have to pay when you register. You can register, and we will work out payment plans. The college offers also federal and state grants, uh, private grants and scholarships through our foundation. Uh, we are very creative in helping students finance their education. Uh, and I will also add that we're uh, a very affordable alternative to either the state universities or UConn. Um, we're half the price of the state universities, a third of the price of UConn. And I would dare say probably a small fraction of the cost of going to a private college in the state. So you won't find better education, higher quality instruction at a more affordable price anywhere. Lastly, Joe, inquiring minds want to know, you open classes for the spring on January 22nd. That's a Friday. What was the mindset behind opening on a Friday? Well, I think that has to do with the academic calendar and uh, the need for the calendar to balance out days of the week, and I think whoever created the calendar, it wasn't me, uh, probably decided to open on a Friday because if they didn't, they would have fewer Fridays than they would have Mondays through Thursdays. Does that make sense? Create a calendar where every day of the week, if we have a class on any day of the week, they all have the same number of classes, and right. so uh, that's why you get funky things like people starting semesters on Fridays. Um, Sometimes it's a Tuesday, sometimes it's a Friday. It depends on how many days, how many holidays, and so forth. Um, so smarter, smarter people than me figured that all out. Well, the man still has all the answers. He's Joe Cullen, Dean of Academics and Student Services at QVCC, and Elkin Espedia Loesia, Professor of Spanish, ESL and ESL Program Coordinator at Quinnebog Valley Community College. I can see them right across the street from where I'm sitting right now, and they open... Spring classes on January 22nd. Guys, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.